Welcome to Industrious Radio, a weekly show dedicated to exploring what does it mean to work hard, live fit, and have the absolute best life possible. This show is hosted by Barry Napier, Stephen Hitt, Jeremy Donner, and a revolving cast and crew of super cool people. It's showtime. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Industrious Radio Show. We are broadcasting today from our worldwide headquarters, and we have some special guests in the house. I want to welcome Jer Bear. Welcome, sir. Hey. Molly. Welcome, Molly. Hey, hey. And we got Mike Wallach from the gym. Mike, welcome, my friend. How are you? Thank you so much. Great. Very good. Outstanding. Well, guys, we have an action-packed show today, and this is a show that's super cool because this is a continuation of some of the talks we've been having lately on entrepreneurship because Mike is a local uh, entrepreneur as well as a member of the gym, but it's also really about parents and parenting and raising children and our relationship with our kids, and we're going to get into some really deep and powerful topics today. So, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, um, maybe... Tell us a little bit about your industrious story oh, real sure. quick, and then why don't we transition from there into what it is you're doing these days, how you're helping people. Yeah, I've been with industrious, I think, for the last two or three years. Uh, I'm a morning guy. Start off at 6, and now I'm at 5.30. Try to go five days a week. I think I remember when you first came in, when you first – was in that oh, yeah. first maybe month when you started. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're looking I, I, pretty stacked from when you first started <laughs> to now. I think you're looking physically well, more I've powerful. Well, I've taken a couple, a couple gaps off where we've had children and just couldn't make it in. But yeah, I'm feeling feeling back into it last month or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, powerful shoulders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it, man. And so when it comes to what you're doing these days, maybe fill us in and, and just as a kind of a lead in. Um, you uh, were with a group that Molly's part of, right? Molly, what was the what's the group? Uh, that- our PEPS group. So PEPS stands for the Program for Early Parenthood Support. So I joined a PEPS group uh, when my daughter was six months old to just meet other moms and families that had kids around the same age just to kind of get together and share experiences and what was going on with us being new moms and what was going on with the babies. Um, Our kind of official meetings ended six months ago now, but uh, there are six or seven of us moms and babies that still get together once or twice a month and keep in touch. And it's been super helpful um, and really cool to just see all all of the kiddos grow up over the last year that we've been a part of it. And so then, Mike, how did you guys get what yeah, happened? I saw then? a post Molly posted online uh, just with all the kids of Pep's group, and that was always my idea of it'd be really cool in an intimate environment to present some of these topics on children and behavior to a Pep's group. And so I reached out to Molly, just, uh, hey, would you be interested or would your group be interested? And they were. So I went to their uh, last group meeting uh, last week and just kind of presented a few um, uh, concepts and strategies for children. Okay, so what is so this is a perfect frame yes. up. So that's how that's how we got to be here. That's why we were able to get you in our show. Now, normally we're planned way out in advance <laughs> on our podcast, <laughs> but we wanted to get you in because we thought this was a timely and fun topic. So tell us a little bit about what you do. I am a behavior analyst. I work with mainly with children with autism. Uh, we create plans and and programs and and goals for the child to build maybe social skills, academic skills, uh, behaviors that we want to see more of. And this is based on what the parents want to see and also what we we perform an assessment on the child. 
So that's what I do for my full-time job is work with children with autism ages 2 to 19. And I've been doing that since 2011. And before that, I was a, a classroom teacher. Okay. And then it, you kind of wanted to specialize in that or you felt drawn to that or connected? I mean, I feel like that's going from teacher into yeah. maybe a really specialized field here of teaching children right. who have some different needs. Tell us how that happened. Well, yeah, I, I, I've always had a interest in working with children. And I thought the only two ways you can work with children is either in the classroom or maybe at the YMCA. Uh, but uh, I was actually recruited while I was teaching by a, a colleague or a friend of a friend. And she said, you really work, you, you really work well with kids. You should, you should come work for me. So I, I kind of shadowed her and then uh, got into the field of applied behavior analysis or ABA therapy. And I've been doing it since 2011. And, and it's, it's just a cool way of uh, interacting with children and, and helping a child, an individual child build specific skills um, that improve their own environment, but also the families. Uh, they see the, the progress that the child's making and they, they're able to do more and more and more things whether it be in the house or in the community. So you can start off with this focusing on, on kind of the, with, with children with autism and yeah. then things kind of expanded from there, from what I understand, or you sort of yeah. noticed that what the, some of the skills you were working on had application right. really broadly. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, so I had my first daughter in 2013 and even in the first year, second year, I started to see like, wow, what I do with kids with autism, this, this, very, very uh, purposeful um, interactions with children. It also applies to my own typically developing child. So I started kind of using the same strategies uh, that I use at work. I used at home and they were very effective. My daughter was very um, compliant, very able to communicate her needs and wants. Um, And so then I also started to notice that people in our, our community, parents in our community are oftentimes very frustrated with their child out, out at the park or at the restaurant. And I was thinking, this is not how relationships with parents and children should be. It should not be normal that parents are often frustrated with their child. So I started uh, creating a uh, talk uh, on behavior and just things that uh, basic concepts around children and be- their behavior. And then also very, very simple uh, strategies that we can use as, as parents to both beat our, meet our child's needs, but also teach them appropriate ways to behave. And I think this is a hot topic. Oh my uh, gosh, yes. Because I 100% agree that frustration and parenting go hand in hand. <laughs> I mean, I love to tell the story about my daughter when she was younger and, and she would have these crying fits when I would bring her to school and be very stubborn in the morning. We have a short window and you get out the door. And it would literally, and still to this day, she's very stubborn and she will trigger a response in me. But I can remember, you know, we're getting into that state where it's like, yeah. I'll give you something to cry about. Yeah. And I just like put my hand in her face. I was like, cry now, cry now. Huh? How do you like this? And I kept doing she it until, so she childish. Like, until she started. To, yeah. I like, I lost my adulthood in that moment. And I was like, here's this. How's this? You like to cry now? How's you got to cry with my hand in your face? And then she's like, really starts to yeah. cry. And oh I was like, gosh. yeah, now you got to cry. Now we're going to school. You know <laughs> <laughs> and that was like one of the moments where I laughed because I was like, that was just total parenting fail. Yeah. You know, I recognize yeah. like 
in hindsight, this is like that didn't solve any problem, yep. didn't help me, didn't help her. Yep. And I have seen that type of like emotional response with me and her in particular, not so much with my son, but for me, it would trigger with my daughter. I mean, I can even think like two weeks ago, she gets stubborn, she quiets down, and it just like she like gets ready to start crying, and I'm like, oh, I can feel myself getting all frustrated. So I think your analysis is right, and I mean, I think of myself as a good communicator, but I still get frustrated all the time. Yeah, it's so true, and I feel like, you know, as a parent, a huge part of it is you just don't even know what you're supposed to do. That's how I feel. Like there's no handbook, there's no directions you're just kind of winging it and so when and i my daughter's 18 months so she's coming up into that toddler phase where she she doesn't understand how she feels i don't understand how she feels but you know she does something she's fussy or she's whining or whatever and not knowing how to react is one of the most frustrating parts i'm you know i'm frustrated because she's fussy but i don't know what to do to help her or make her feel better or calm yeah. her down and so then i just get frustrated and it's just this round and round terrible thing um so you know when mike came and talked with us just having some pretty simple and straightforward strategies or ideas or things to just try instantly made me feel better i was like okay i know that if i try this and this at least I'm doing the right thing. Um, and we kind of talked about also, you know, parenting in general is just exhausting, whether you're home with them all day or after work or whatever it is. It's just, it's constant effort. It's exhausting. And when the constant effort that you're putting in yields no results in terms of improving the kid's behavior, it is so frustrating. But if you know that you've got some strategies that you can try that are good for the kid, they're good for you. It's the same amount of effort, sometimes probably more effort because you have to stay patient in order to apply those strategies. But at least that effort that you're putting in, you know, is good for the kid, good for your relationship with them is going to improve their behavior over time. And that right there makes so much difference. Um, I mean, Mike came and talked with our group a week ago, not even a full week ago now. And already I identify when Annalise is having a this or that issue. I think of the strategy, I try it. And even if it doesn't work, I still feel like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> like That's huge. Yeah. Like it just, it makes my level of frustration way lower um which is i think the key yeah and i think one kind of overarching uh concept i'd like to really present and i presented to your group is the concept of uh, a boss right and how we as a parent we want to feel like we're gonna we are their boss we're gonna control our child we're gonna help our child uh do certain things throughout the day get dressed and brush our teeth and we have to make sure they're doing these things but oftentimes we hear things from parents say things over and over. If we hear parents say like one, two, or, or they say, uh, how many times do I have to tell you? Or uh, do you want do you want a spanking? Do you want to go? So right. And so I, if we flip that and we say, imagine your boss said something like that to you, how would you feel? Right. And you would probably feel <laughs> probably embarrassed, probably, uh, uh, angry, and you would event you would be um uh yeah i'd, probably, I'd probably cry too yeah. <laughs> so i was thinking actually in the crossfit environment if if your coach was saying those things to you right how many times do i have to tell you how to do the lift or uh no thank you no thank right you 
you wouldn't actually be learning a skill. But at Industrious, I'm not sure if it's all CrossFit gyms, but they're helping um, you know build a skill rather than just like shut you down constantly. Yeah. So you're saying uh, the hand <laughs> technique in the face <laughs> is not like on that? the list. How do you like that? Wait a minute. I don't know about this. You Mark. I'm questioning you right now. I thought that was a great technique. I like when my coach just puts his hand in my yeah, face. I, and I, I like when my coach just slaps me and she's just like, you're dumb. You know, that's wrong. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So really good. So the good point. Point is little people are people. Yes. Yes. With emotions. Yes. Feelings. Yes. And oftentimes maybe what they're lacking is – or maybe what we're lacking as parents is maybe a system or communication structure or a way to engage in conversation so that we know what we're doing or we feel like we have a plan or we feel like we have a process. Yeah. I mean because kids don't know. That's the hardest part. They don't know what's good for them. They don't know what behavior is right or wrong. When they get older, they do, right? But – they don't know. So that is your job as the parent is to teach them these things. But if you don't... You don't really know. Have that, but plus, I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, I know that she shouldn't touch the fireplace, right? I know that for sure, 100%. But, but what can she touch? Right. Oh, lots of other it, things. Yeah. And what does she do when but, she wants to touch the things that you don't want her to touch and all that kind of stuff? And how do you... Yeah. I mean, if you just sit there and that. say, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. No, don't do that. That doesn't register with her. Yep. I get frustrated because she's still just trying to do the same thing and everybody loses. Um, but having, yeah, having strategies for how to communicate um, and teach them. And I think that's the other concept too that I think about is of course it doesn't always work, you know, right here in the moment spot on. But again, that uh, the amount of effort that it takes, if I'm going to put the effort in to try and, you know, teach her proper behavior, correct her when her behavior is not appropriate or not right or something that I don't like or whatever. I want to put the time in to correct it. I want to know that my return on investment is going to be positive down the road. So at least that amount of effort is going to yield good behavior maybe later today or tomorrow or in a couple years or who knows how long, but at least it's laying that foundation to teach her early on. I mean, I always, I figure, you know, if she hears it, enough times eventually it'll click right like she'll understand that the fireplace is hot <laughs> right <laughs> this sounds like i mean like you're teaching parents like a skill set yep. you know like having the right tools to to be prepared because you know baby comes out you don't know who they are like Truth. What, what are we going to do with this but i think I, it makes people feel a lot more comfortable when they have some experience on their own Obviously, you can't create that experience on your own if you don't have kids, um, but you can learn from other people's um, experiences and then try to apply those as best as possible. So like when you feel those situations arise, you have some sort of a plan yeah. to work with. Yeah, and I like to ask parents when they first arrive at, at, a, at a seminar or training is like, tell me what your kid, how your kid is on a scale of <laughs> demon child to perfect angel, and they can kind of rate their child. So even if I had a classroom full of perfect angels, this information is still going to be applicable because it's going to reinforce maybe stuff you're already doing. And now, oh, yeah, I did give my child two choices yesterday, and that was really effective. Or, yeah, I, I did redirect my child quite a bit, and it helped her get away from a, a certain behavior, and I was able to get her attention uh, onto something else. So it helps helps parents be more purposeful with their behavior. Well, I think when you realize that most, mostly everything is a skill and everything that we do really, really well and so much of our success and, and so much of the things that, that we allow us to have great 
greatness in our life, both you know physically, professionally, relationally, spiritually, whatever. All this stuff is a learned skill. You know, learning how to do things in a proficient and powerful and effective manner is what our so super cool about being humans, you know, it's like what our big old brains allow us to do. But those behaviors, changing behaviors, whether it's our own or another person's, can be extremely difficult. So when you have this approach, how do you, you know, give us an overview maybe of the structure? How do we go about it? Is there a framework that you'd like to employ? You know, what's the what's the process through which you help then parents make these behavioral adjustments? Yeah, so I, I like to break it down to five specific strategies, and I, I I labeled it the right approach. So it starts for R is redirect. I, ignore, give two choices, harness your child's motivation, and teach the appropriate behavior. So using those five, I, I use those all day long with children, uh, children I work with, but also my own children. And so I'm going to try a strategy, maybe redirect. If it doesn't work, I'm going to use the next strategy. And that one's going to, that one oftentimes is going to work. And these strategies are not going to be 100%. Nothing's going to be 100%. But they're going to be close to maybe 80%. And they're effective. Rather than those boss uh, analogy we were talking yeah. about of like one, two, three, maybe those might be 40% or 20%. Like I brought you into this world. I'll take you out of this world. Stuff like that. <laughs> oh, I've heard that. Best. Like, I got that one. <laughs> I got that one. <laughs> I, I mean, personally, I didn't feel like it was very effective when I was yeah. a child. So, I mean, I haven't used that one. Right. Yeah. But so does this also work on adults? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. we do this with our spouses often. We yeah, probably redirect like our it. spouse. Yeah. We probably... Um, uh, give our spouse two choices. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if the ignore one would That's work very well. I don't know, man. You might want to leave the like, eye. So out you, of this ignore, you ignore the, no, guys, the Let me let me just talk about the ignore one because that that one's a really hard hard one to get across. It's not exactly ignoring a child and just turning your back on your child. That's not this type of ignore. Ignores means in this situation ignoring a specific behavior. So when we tell our kids, oftentimes, don't kick me, don't do that, don't hit your brother. Right, we're we're giving that specific behavior attention, but if we do not give that specific behavior attention, and we redirect them, we give them two choices, we we teach them the appropriate way to get that toy from their brother, uh, then that behavior is going to decrease because it's not going to get any attention from us. Or, so, for, for instance, if I tell, if my kid comes up and smacks me, and I tell him, "Do not smack me," and a couple seconds later they come up and smack me again. I'm going to be pissed because I just told them not to do something and they just did it again. But if I rather teach them appropriate way to get my attention, my kid comes up and smacks me I'm like, Hey, if you want my attention, just come up and tap my shoulder or come up and ask for it. Come up and say, Hey dad, come check this out. Oh, sure. And they say that, come check this out. Yeah. 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 Show, show me what. And I'm going to make that behavior much more. Uh, I'm, I'm going to reinforce that behavior. So I want to see that behavior more often. And I can give a quick example about that uh, is where I was, I was talking to my wife in the kitchen. Uh, maybe this was like a couple of years ago when my daughter's maybe like three years old. And all of a sudden, a stuffed animal sails through the sky right between us. So it freeze. And oftentimes, parents might say, hey, go pick that up. That is not, not okay. Go get that stuffed animal. Right? But rather me thinking about my five strategies, thinking about the purpose of her behavior, the function of her behavior, she's probably doing this for attention. So a better way to get attention. So I just tell her, hey, if you want mommy's attention, just ask for it. Say, mommy, I want some attention. 
So two minutes later, she 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 walks away, goes to the, goes to the other room. Two minutes later, she says, "Mommy, I want some attention." My wife looks at me like, "Yeah, right. Like that actually works." So she goes right over to reinforce that behavior to show my daughter, "Yes, instead of throwing stuffed animal, asking for attention is much is going to be much more effective and efficient for you." Yeah. The ignoring, I think, in my whopping you know eighteen months of experience, but. <laughs> From birth to a year doesn't – they're not really talking or behaving really necessarily. So in the last couple of months, I have found that ignoring that you know bad behavior – bad isn't really the best word to use, but Annoying. ignoring the behavior that you don't want is the hardest part because you see it yeah. or they hit you or they bite you. It hurts. It's like it's so hard to not react to that uh, because it just stands out so much to you. Um, but it – it does. It gives them the attention that they're going for. If they if they bite you, my daughter's yeah. kind of gone through a little bit of a biting face the last <laughs> couple of weeks, uh, hitting too as well. And so it's instead of you know, it, for one, it hurts. And like before, I was saying, I just I don't know how to address it. Like so, I'm frustrated because I have bite marks on my arm and I don't know what to do. So ignoring it is definitely the hardest part. And I think you know about parents that I see out and about or, you know, wherever, whenever you see that like, big eruption, they get so frustrated. It's like, oh, you try and ignore it, but it's so hard. Like you with the hand in the face when your daughter's crying. Like it's, I think that's the hardest part because you're frustrated. You just want them to relax and be calm. Everything's fine. But if you can just ignore it, change the sub, change the subject, um, Again, at least it feels like you're doing something that eventually will teach them the lesson. It might not be two minutes later like it was with your daughter. That's pretty impressive. But maybe the next day or the next week or something like that. Um, But I feel that like it burns in me when she does something that I just like makes me so frustrated. But just try and relax. Ignore it. Try something else. We pair the ignore with another strategy. So I'm going to pair ignore with redirect. Pair it with. Uh, give two choices so that way it's not just us letting our child bite us all day long or kick <laughs> yeah. us or whatever that's not the, yeah that's just not pretend the it's not here. happening it's fine yeah. <laughs> yeah and so to your point oftentimes you're using a combination of these strategies right. to find something that works and then so part of it is the initial change and then part of it is reinforcing behavior Exactly. Yeah. So I want to show my child uh, what behaviors I want to see more of. So I think about behavior on a scale. So when when we focus on uh, one side of the scale of inappropriate behaviors or appropriate, if we focus all of our energy on the inappropriate behaviors all day long, don't touch that. Get over here. Stand. Don't put this on. We're letting our child know that those behaviors have have a lot of value. Rather, if we focus on the appropriate side of what they're actually doing that we want to see more of, we're going to see more of that behavior. So think about the child. I'm sure you guys know this child in school who is constantly off task, going around the classroom, right? And the teacher is going to constantly say that kid's name. Jim, Jim, sit down. Jim, Jimmy, no, over here. Jimmy, don't go, right? All day long. Now, Jimmy, all of a sudden, Jimmy's sitting at his chair. Nothing. Silence. Jimmy doesn't get anything for those times when, because maybe the teacher's taking it personally. Maybe she's still angry at Jimmy. Uh, so Jimmy's learning, oh, nothing happens when I'm sitting and doing my work. What happens? Something happens. Even though she's yelling at me, even though uh, I'm getting in trouble, something 
happens and and it gives me some sort of value some sort of attention for my behavior so he's going to continue that and it's probably going to go through his first grade second grade third grade fourth grade all the way up and he's going to continue that because it's sad to know but this these basic concepts these basic strategies are not uh known in our education system um uh, and it's, I, I work a lot in schools helping children, and uh, it's sad to see that pa- the teachers are are actually reinforcing the inappropriate side of the scale. Yeah, yeah they're putting Jimmy in the penitentiary. So he's going, he's going to juvenile, delinquent. Yes, like that's like what positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement, and that totally works with adults too. You know, yeah. in in the gym setting when yeah. people are doing something good yep. we like to give them that positive reinforcement yeah. and and like follow up with them when we give them a cue like hey i need you to keep the bar closer yep. we like to make sure yep. that we see another one of their reps after we give them that cue that way they're if they're doing it better we can be like hey that was really really good keep right. it going because that's what's going to make them feel good about themselves yeah. if you keep coming up to somebody and you just keep giving them like another cue to fix something else, yeah. another cue to fix something else. It's like, man, you're giving me a yeah. lot of cues. Am I doing any of the other stuff right? Or Why am, am I, I even here? Doing... Yeah. yeah. Why do you like, hate me? Why? I guess I suck. I'm a dummy. I'm yeah. just going to leave. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, yeah. I can't learn how to do this. Yeah, and no. I see that too at the gym where someone's new and I can kind of see just based yeah. on coaching, I can say, oh, that was not right. Why didn't they Why didn't they uh, coach that? But I, it's obvious. Yeah, you want to you help that person feel like they're successful. And they're making incremental progress. Yes. And I think with both, with, you know, again, like if you go back to the boss analogy, if like you're a, if you're a boss yeah. and you have a worker or, or with other areas of our life where we're dealing with maybe adults, what we're looking for is incremental and progressive improvement. We're not necessarily looking for an on-off yes. switch a lot of times. Now, of course, sometimes there are examples where you would say to someone, I don't ever want to, you know, I would never want to see that behavior again. But most of the time we're looking to see somebody improve over time. And I think that's probably also with our children, really the angle that we should be entrenching ourselves in or that that mindset we should have is i'm looking to progressively shape them this is this is a, a carving this is the the michelangelo and the oh. the chisel and bringing out the david you know it doesn't happen instantly it's a process yeah. well yeah and if there's ever a situation where that concept applies it would be with raising a child because it is their whole life <laughs> Right. Which is kind of daunting. You know, like at the gym, we might be trying to help somebody learn how to air squat. And they usually figure it out within like a couple months. <laughs> Kids and behavior is is forever. So, um, yeah, that concept for sure applies. But for sure, there's definitely foundational stuff that applies with, you know, just how you communicate in general. Um, and then just how you make the other person feel with whatever behavior it's trying, you're trying to get to change in them. Um, that comes from, that comes from it. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the, the, that, that scale, uh, if inappropriate, inappropriate, I'm totally going to have those conversations with my child about their inappropriate behavior, but it's going to be 10, 15, 20 minutes later or that night about their behavior. Hey, what, what happened earlier? What was going on earlier at school at, at drop off? And then your child is going to be much more able to communicate what was going on rather than the moment when we ask, why did you do that? Why did you just yeah. hit your brother? Why did you just, right? They're not going to why give us any crying? clear answer. They're not going to communicate at all. So when parents do that, it's just building frustration both for the child and the parent. So wait, wait till everybody's calm. Have that conversation. Well, I think the thing that is is so challenging as a parent is that when your child is misbehaving or frustrating, your emotions get so fired up and it's different emotions. I was just recently at a dinner party and my son 
uh, is very respectful normally. He's a great kid. Dash is, you know, he's going to be 14 in January. He's amazing uh, when it comes to his his conversation skills. He's very respectful. He's, he honors me. He honors adults. He's great. But he was with his friends or whatever. He wanted to. What well, he wanted to do something, and we were like, no, he can't. I was like, no, man, you can't do that. And and kind of as he was walking away, he was basically like, piss off. That's what he said. He's like, piss off. <laughs> It's very like, formal. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow. I mean, I did you get an English accent? Yeah. Like, Where'd that come from? Peace off, dad. You know, yeah. So I just was like blown away though. You know, it's embarrassing in front of right. all my friends, in front of my wife, all this. And I was like, oh my God, my son just told me to piss off. Like, what should I do now? Should I tackle him? Should I do the hand technique? You know? <laughs> right. Right. But it's like that triggers those emotions. And if you're out with your, your child, regardless of their age and they're freaking out or they're having a tantrum, um, all that stuff, you know, whether that it, it can be frustrating, can be embarrassing. And then I think also, too, we got to look at with our spouses how and with our partners in our life, how stressful that is where the the behavior then spills over into that 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 relationship with your significant other. Because sometimes it's like, here, take this, yeah. you know, take take this beast of child. That's yours. You know, child. What have you done? You've this. done this to me. You know, it's like um, all that. And it can become a huge stressor, I think, for parents as well. Right. In their relationship. Oh, yeah. I Yeah. And I see that specifically with children with autism where the divorce rate is was it's much much higher right because you're now not only are you dealing with the child and raising the child but now this child has special needs and we got to figure this out um so a couple of things i tell parents to keep in mind when you're implementing implementing these strategies is that uh if you're going to give a demand to your child then you better follow through with it your spouse is not going to follow through so if i tell my child to go brush her teeth then it's on me not my spouse. I'm not going to say, could you go, could you go help him? Or if you're, if both spouses are on top of your child, there's going to be too many cooks in the kitchen, right? So one person takes care of it. So having these conversations with your spouse, like, Hey, when I tell him to do something, I got it. But that means when you tell him to do something, you got it. Right. Mm -hmm. So having parents have those conversations that (laughs) will eliminate some of those stressful situations. Yeah. And I think also to kind of going back to the, just feeling like, you know what you're doing as a parent, I can think about between Steven and I, it's like, okay, she's doing something we don't like. What do we do? And he'll say X, Y, Z. And I'll say ABC and neither works. (laughs) But then we look at each other. It's like, why are you telling her to do that? And he's like, well, I don't know. Why are you telling her to do that? I don't know. We're just trying to make it up and nothing's working and we are not on the same page. This communication is nowhere to be found. So again, even having those strategies like, okay, when she acts like this, we're going to try to redirect and ignore the bad behavior or treat or teach her something new. So at least we have the same strategy. We're on the same page, even if it doesn't work right there in the moment, even if it doesn't work, at least we are a team. We're on the same page. And then our communication is a million times better for for sure. The spouse relationship. Yeah. yeah, That's, I think with money is like money and kids. Those are like the two biggest stressors in relationships. I think a lot for a lot of people, finances and children. Mm -hmm. Like if one of those things can get, gets out of whack with a couple, it can be a huge impact on your relationship. Well, and in terms of, yeah, like what are your, your strategies or what is your, what's normal for you, right? Like if you talk about finances, you know, if I think it's normal to just go spend thousands of dollars on new shoes and Steven doesn't quite see it that way. That's an issue. (laughs) And, you know, with parenting or trying to teach behavior, if I think I it's 
best for her for me to just tell her, no, 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 don't do that all day long. And he doesn't, then yeah, absolutely. Got to be on the same page. Um, Jerry, I really liked what you said before about it it being a skill set and everything is a skill set. And you, if you think of it that way, it just makes it easier to practice whatever it is that we're talking about, whether it's coaching, parenting, uh, communicating in general. Um, and the confidence that you get from feeling like you know what your skill set is makes a huge difference. Feeling like you know what you're doing, feeling like you have tools, you have strategies, you're smart, you're educated, you have a plan. That just makes you feel so much cope. Yeah, just so much better. Again, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't work, like even if the behavior is still the same right here, right now, at least you feel like you know what you're doing. You know, I think kind of taking it back to the gym too, athletes in the gym, that is the worst feeling when you're trying to learn something new and you just feel like you have no idea what you're doing, that you just feel insecure, you feel awkward, you feel like I just want to get out of here, I don't even want to do this. And I think that that applies to all kinds of situations. Um, and for me, I find that for sure with parenting is like, if I feel like I am at a loss for what to do. I just, I am like lonely. It's depressing. It sucks. Um, but having tools, having a skill set to try and practice and hone is, is awesome. Well, and, and it, the thing about parenting, I always think about is like, it is literally a, the hardest job in the world, but with no training, right. no, no. I mean, unless you're going to seek out, uh, maybe some books or something, but Google, uh, <laughs> Google, <laughs> But then you are expected as a parent to know exactly oh. what to do. You've been on those airplanes or, or out in public and people give you the look like... Take care of your kid. Exactly. You should know what you... And, and then it's such a taboo topic too that we don't talk to other people about what we're experiencing with our child. And uh, I don't want to tell people that my child is doing certain behaviors. So now it's like you're in this isolation and I, it just blows my mind. So I that's the... The reason I want to get this information out there to help parents, but also to help their child, right? Because those are the child's are children that are going to grow up with my children. And so yeah. it's kind of selfish. So, <laughs> so, I gonna, I, so I know this is going to resonate. This message is going to resonate with so many so many of our, our audience, so many yeah. of our listeners. What's the next step for a person if somebody's like just the, their heart's beating faster, their palms are sweaty. They're like, finally, this is the thing I've been looking for. This is exactly the message I needed to hear today. What's the next steps? How can they get more yeah. information from you? How can they get in the system? How can they get involved with your material? Yeah, so they could uh, search on starfishparenting.com. Uh, through there, you can find the book. You can uh, join a Facebook group, which is called Frustration-Free Parenting, which I put a lot of these videos. So a lot of the content you've heard today would be on these videos of just how you're dealing with non-compliance, dealing with routines, dealing with uh, different uh, different things. So you can look on videos uh, through that website. Uh, I think kind of based on this conversation, I've been thinking, man, it'd be kind of cool to be like a, a coach for parents and, and kind of like a CrossFit coach and go in and just like coach the parent and just mm-hmm. like, all right, try this. No, don't do that. <laughs> and then helping the parent. Uh, but that is not that is not what I do right now. But I, I do that with my my, my maybe for the job. right price tag. Somebody, like, somebody <laughs> yeah. but yes, that's available for the right price. So, so, but I do want to offer up if if anybody's interested in hosting or interested in attending the next workshop, um, uh, then you can contact me through the website and and I'll keep you on the email list and you can. Um, find us through there. That's phenomenal, man. Well, I, I think it's an incredible thing that you're doing in, in all regards. I mean, helping um, parents with their children, 
regardless of of all, what all the particulars are of that particular child or that particular parents, recognizing, and I think all of us who who have kids or who have, and, and Jeremy, this is really good practice for you. This is <laughs> yeah. like Start pre-learning. <laughs> yeah. Because you got the wedding coming up. I get, I get practice by playing with everybody else's kids <laughs> exactly. at the gym. This is really right? good And if you. it doesn't work, I just say, hey, your kid's crying. Dude, you're going to be like <laughs> the best back. dad. Dude. I you're messed gonna, up. You're going to you're gonna have, you're gonna have Mike's stuff ahead of time. Yeah. You're going to be coming into it with the right framework. I'll be that guy in the back of the room. That kid doesn't even, he's, that guy doesn't even have a kid. What is he doing here? I'm prepping. Yeah. Who's learning my skill back set? there with no kids? <laughs> no, but thank you. This is a, a hugely. I I really want to check out the material because I feel that this is one of those things that even as you pick up some skills and maybe do some other reading and learning, it's one of those areas that it's a a very deep topic, and I feel like we need to continue to your point, Molly, to be learning. Uh, continually as parents, because as our children grow, we need to grow with mm. them and we need to match our skills to where they are. So Mike, thank you for being here. Uh, we'll link uh, to your website so people can find it. This has been an amazing show. We, man, we appreciate you. Yeah. You bet. Thank, thank you, you yeah. so much for having me. Fun it's show. been a pleasure. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for being here, man. And uh, we will talk with you guys next week on the radio show. Thanks for tuning in. Have a super day and check out Mike's stuff. If you have kids or you're thinking about having kids, he's the man. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the show. This podcast has been brought to you by Local Business Academy. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. Like, share, subscribe, and leave us a review.